It's going to get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Richard Rodgers with a walk-off touchdown. Foster. Nine seconds for the win. Oh! 90.3 FM Newton. This is the Extra Point with Kenny Tomkovich and I'm Isaiah Mueller. We're so excited to be here. We are coming from the WZBC Sports Club here at Boston College and we're super excited to be taking over Sports Saturday here on the FM station. Kenny and I have our show, The Extra Point, every week, Thursday nights at 7 p.m. But this week we've got a two-hour special for you guys today, one to three. We are going to be here live in the studio. So, Kenny, how you feeling today? I'm feeling great, Isaiah. I uh, just want to say hello to everybody out there listening in on uh, the FM station. And uh, we hope that you guys enjoy the show. And hopefully we're going to bring you guys some good sports talk this afternoon. So, Kenny and I, we uh, mostly talk NBA, NFL. But we mix in, we mix in uh, baseball a little bit too. Mix in college football here and there. So, um, yeah, let's jump right into it, Kenny. All right, Isaiah. What are we doing first? Let's just let's let's go right into our uh, NBA predictions. All right. So. so, the NBA season is off to an early start. There's a lot of interesting storylines to follow so far. A lot of interesting things to talk about. But to get started, I think we're going to make our our very very early predictions for which playoff teams are going to come from each conference and then our predictions for the NBA Finals and the MVP of the league and then we'll get into some more uh, micro storylines and then head over to the NFL. Sounds great. Let's do it. All right. So obviously we've had a couple teams have one game, a couple teams have two games so far, but these are are basically our preseason predictions for the season. Should we get started with the East, Kenny? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. All right, you go ahead. All right. With the eighth seed in the playoffs out of the East, I have the retooled Chicago Bulls. In the seventh seed, I have the Atlanta Hawks dropping down to seven from where they were last year. I believe in the Hornets this year. I think the Hornets are going to come in at the sixth seed. I have the 76ers without Ben Simmons at the five seed. I have the Boston Celtics. At the four seed, 
They were not having their best season last year, but I do believe that they're going to be able to turn it around this year. Their new coach and Brad Stevens in the front office now, and I think they're going to be able to have a better season and hopefully compete into the playoffs. In the three seed, I have the reigning NBA champions, the Milwaukee Bucks. In the second seed, I have the Heat with Kyle Lowry and uh, Jimmy Butler. And then in the number one seed, I have the Brooklyn Nets. Okay, not bad. We had uh, we had half of them the exact same. So oh, okay, not 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 terrible, but a couple of a uh, couple of notable uh, like I guess one notable miss. Yeah, I don't have that you do have, so this should be interesting. All right. Okay. Here I go. At the number eight, I also have the Chicago Bulls. I think they're kind of a fun, frisky team. Uh, got a couple guys that are pretty exciting to watch. I got them just sneaking in for the first time in a long time. I have the Celtics dropping. Well, actually, I think they might have been seven last year, They were either seven or eight because I think they played in the playing game. Yeah, that's exactly right. So I have the Celtics at seven. Then I have the Hornets at six. Just like you, I think um, Lamelo. I think he's gonna have a really big year this season in in year two. Number five, I also have the Sixers. I think that's who you had as five yes, as well. Yes, that's who I had yep. as well. I have the Sixers. Then I have the Hawks at four. Okay, so you swap um, Celtics and Hawks. Yeah, I swap Celtics and Hawks. This is where it gets interesting. The top three. I have at number three, building off the momentum of last season. Playing in Madison Square Garden, oh, I wow. have the New York Knicks. Wow. I think they're, I, I mean, they were such an exciting team last year. I think they're going to build off that progress. I think Julius Randle is primed for another big season. I mean, I think he might be in MVP talks at the end of the season. I don't think he'll win it, but I think he'll be mentioned. At number two, I have the New York, or the Brooklyn Nets. And then at number one, the Milwaukee Bucks, reigning NBA champions. So, no heat. I have the heat wow. missing the playoffs. The Heat are so stacked, though Isaiah. I, that's what that's how it seems, but I just they they seem to be on a on a decline for me. Uh, after last year, first round exit in the playoffs, they got laid out by the Bucks, which who went on to win the uh, NBA championship. But I feel pretty strongly about these eight teams. I think the Heat are in for a, for a decline. I I don't really believe in this team. Yes, they have Kyle Lowry. Yes, they have Jimmy Dude, Butler. Lowry but... and Jimmy Butler and P.J. Tucker, who was really instrumental to that Bucks victory last year in the NBA Finals. Duncan Robinson's lights out, and Bam is a, a pretty good young center. I think was an All Star. I just I can't not see... last year, the year before. Yeah, I mean, I could see them. They're, I think they'll be right around the edge, but I, I very well could see them missing the playoffs this year, just not meshing as well. Like th- those are great names, but. I mean, especially last year, none of them really had too great of seasons. Nothing excited me too much. So I, I feel like these eight teams are more exciting to me, and I and I also had the Raptors getting pretty close. Um, I had them right around nine as well, but not getting in. So yeah, I I, I like these teams. I I just don't believe in the Heat as much as you do. Yeah, I was cynical with my New York Knicks pick, huh? So for those that don't know, I'm from New Jersey, so I grew up a Knicks fan, but I don't really identifies a Knicks fan anymore because sure. of all of the uh the terrible years that I've endured and then I didn't really want to get back into them next year because then I felt like a, a fake fan building off of uh the excitement around them. But uh I don't think they're gonna be able to make it this year. But I guess we will see. I just I mean they turned heads last year and I yeah, there's nothing they absolutely there's did. nothing and then they added Kemba Walker. Yeah, exactly. And there's nothing to me that tells me they're gonna be any worse. I think they're gonna build off the momentum. 
I don't necessarily think that's going to mean playoff success, but I think that means they're going to be a, a high team in the East. East also just isn't as good as... The East got stronger, as, though, I think. What? Don't you think the East got a little bit stronger? A little bit, but it's, it's still no West. I mean, the yeah, West Yeah, I'm not saying it's the West, but, but you moved... You moved Kyle Lowry to one of the more competitive teams. Uh, the Hornets are all of a sudden something to talk about. After last year, the Hawks are some team to talk about, and then the Bulls, with their additions, are are also uh, a formidable team. Some of those teams, though, I mean, you put them in the West... I don't. I don't necessarily think they're like Hornets in the West. I don't think they might not make the playoffs. No, they wouldn't. So I mean, yes, like those. There's some exciting teams, but they're just the West is just so. Oh yeah, much the, more no, sad. the West so, is definitely better. It yeah, you know, it's a little more competitive. It's a little more exciting, but I mean, the NBA champion came out of the East last year, so yeah, something to say there. Yeah, I think the West is just too good. Speaking of which, you want to move, on move to, the, to West? the West? Let's do it, Kenny. Let's hear your. One through eight. All right, this is a hot take. I don't okay. know if people are going to like this. I have the Warriors at eight. Okay. Warriors are at eight. I have the Kawhi Leonard list, at least for now. Do we know when he's coming back? I don't know I don't when think, he's coming back. I don't back. think they've announced yet. All right, so I guess for a while. So I think without him, they're not going to be able to live up to what they've been able to do in the past couple of years. I think they're going to fall to the seven seed. At six, which is pretty much, I think, where they were around last year, I have the Dallas Mavericks. At five, I have the Trailblazers. Four, I have the Utah Jazz. Three, I have the Denver Nuggets. Two, I have the Suns coming off of their championship loss. And at number one, I have LeBron James and company and the Los Angeles Lakers. Okay. that's. I think I have all the same teams. And I think these... I think those might be all the teams that were in it last year, except the Warriors didn't make it. I can't, I can't remember who was in place of the Warriors, but I think those are all the same teams I have, just different order. Um, so at eight, I have the Mavericks. I think that they could, they're going to end up anywhere between six and eight, but I have them at eight right now. And then I have the Trailblazers at seven. Um, Dame is committed to playing in Portland. They still have CJ McCollum and. Uh, Covington, yeah, Covington, Nurkic. Nur- yeah, Nurkic. Um, at six, I have the Clippers. So yeah, I think we we like had those three teams in the same area, just mixed around a little bit. Five, I have the Warriors. Uh, I really think Steph is gonna have a huge year this year. Yeah, the nice. Clay- was it last night or the night before he had forty five? I think it was. Was that? I think that was game one, wasn't it? I I can't remember. Not for sure. sure. Um, but Clay, is there a timetable on him? I heard before the end of the calendar year. Okay, there you go. So I think Steph's going to have a huge year, and I think Clay will be back, and it's going to take a little bit of time to get him back into you know full form, but I think it'll be good enough to get some of them to the five seed. Four, I have the Nuggets. Jamal Murray, hopefully he's back sometime soon. Three, I have the Jazz. Um, two, I have the Lakers, and one, the Suns. So all the same teams. Not- not too much of a discrepancies uh, of a discrepancy there. You know who I really wanted to put in though, and I I just wrote them down as number nine because I Pelicans? really no. I mean, that's another team, but no, I the team I really is ho- I am hoping to see do well is the Timberwolves. Timberwolves. Cat with uh, Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell. That's I've been eleven. A, if there's an uh, if there's an upset team to make to sneak into the playoffs, I think it'd be the Timberwolves. I have them at eleven. Okay. 
That's fair. I, I mean, think I if anyone, that, if but... anyone that we didn't say is going to be in the playoffs that can sneak in potentially is the Pelicans of Zion goes off and carries the team. Or the Grizzlies with Ja. No, I have the Grizzlies <laughs> so they did pretty last low. Year. They're good at they're good at sneaking into the playoffs. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I think Jaw's a little overrated. We'll see how he does this year. Okay, I mean he he he's shown already though he can turn it on toward the end of the year. But yeah, it'd be kind of crazy. I, you know, I almost didn't even think about the Pelicans because they're just so like it's Zion and. I guess Lonzo and... No, 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 Lonzo's on the Bulls. Oh, now. right, right. He's on the Bulls, yeah, They exactly. have Zion, they have Brandon Ingram, and Valchunas, who I've always liked. Is Adams? No, Adams is... Uh, maybe with the Grizzlies now. Okay, so, yeah, that's... I think that was the trade. Or or he's with some kind of... Or it was like a, a triple, a three-team trade? Hold on, I'll find out. Okay. Yeah, either way, I, I kind of forget about the Pelicans, and Zion, you know, has all the hype. He's... Supposed to be, uh, and he will be one day one of the best players in the NBA. And even I, I even saw him on uh, some of the MVP odds. He was not like he was like maybe like fifteenth. Oh like yeah, plus three thousand odds. And it's like, yeah, he's that, with, he's that's with pretty Memphis high. right now for Adams is, Stephen Adams. Yeah, okay. yeah, there you go. So Grizzlies again, <laughs> but um, but no, I think uh, Zion is so. I mean, he's so hyped up. He's he's for good reason. He's he's a really good player. Um, he's definitely a top fifteen player in the league. It's just he's in a tough situation. And that's what happens when you get drafted first overall. So it's gonna be a while. But is it really that tough of a situation? Like I know that yeah, the I know that is. the West is is hard and everything, but Brandon Ingram's pretty good. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I guess not he, de- he definitely any, needs more pieces. Not to compete at all. Yeah. Barely needs, even to make the playoffs. He needs more pieces. I wonder if, if he's going to end up getting more pieces and staying in uh, New Orleans or if he's going to try to jump ship as soon as he can. Well, I think it'll be uh, kind of – I mean, obviously it was different because I was going to say LeBron and Cleveland type thing where – I mean, he was from Ohio, so it's a little bit closer to home. But I really feel like it's going to be the same type of thing where the Pelicans are going to kind of treat Zion as if he's like a LeBron and – do whatever they can to, like, this, this is our guy. This is the face. When you think Pelicans, you think Zion. Just like how, for however many years until he went to the Heat, it was like, when you think the Cavs, you think LeBron James. Yeah, but, so I think they're going to do whatever it takes to keep him there. But, and I could see him staying for a while. But the Cavs, with LeBron's first stint, didn't get him the pieces he needed, and that's why he left. What are you talking about? Yeah, but I'm saying that, you know, it was just, just going to be associated the with the of, team. Yeah, I mean, oh, he was just okay. the face of the team. I thought and you were saying about getting the, in order to keep him there to get him the pieces that he needs. No, I, that's not what happened with LeBron. No, I know. I I don't think they're necessarily going to even be able to do that to entice people to go to New Orleans to yeah to New Orleans and uh, you know play with him, even though he is such an exciting player, but. I think he's gonna. I think they're gonna do whatever they can just to make him the face of the organization for as long as possible. I mean, I remember when they drafted him. They, uh, I mean, there was like billboards and like murals all over, like walls and stuff throughout New Orleans of like just Zion. Like he, they clearly love him there. So they're gonna try to keep him around as long as possible. And I really could, yeah, you know, I really could see it being like a LeBron thing, and that they won't. He he's not gonna get that many big name pieces besides like like a Brandon Ingram level might be the highest piece level of piece he could get 
and they'll probably make a playoff run within five years that'll go decently far, but it's hard to imagine they're going to have any more success until then. And yeah, it really could be like a same situation. He goes to like a, like LeBron goes to the heat. He might go to some actual contender. That's just, that's just a projection far out. But in the meantime, Pelicans, no, I'm not think. I don't think they're going to have too great of a season this year. Yeah, me neither. All right. NBA Finals. Let's move on. Through the NBA playoffs. Yeah, I don't... I didn't do, like, seed for seed or anything. I just kind of... Yeah, no, let's... let's just talk who do you think is going to make the finals and who's going to win. Yeah, 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 go ahead. All right, Kenny, let's hear it. Who's Who's going to advance through the playoffs on I mean, each side? This is super boring, but I got to say the Nets and the Lakers. The Nets and the Lakers are just absolutely stacked. With Kyrie? The, the, <laughs> Kyrie would sweeten the deal, but they don't even need him. Okay. If, even without Kyrie, they're still the best team in the East, and they're still primed to make... The NBA Finals, in my opinion. I mean, look at what happened last year. They were a literally a toe away from beating the Bucs. Yeah. And if they beat the Bucs, I do not believe there's any chance they would have lost to the Hawks. Yep. Right? That's who the, right. the Bucs had to play the Hawks in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yes. And then I think they would have definitely gone on and beat the Suns. So I think they were a toe away. And I know that's a lot of, like, Coulda, shoulda, woulda, and uh, speculative thinking. But I really think that they were a toe away from winning the entire thing last year. And that was with Harden as a shell of himself due to the hamstring issues. And I think Kyrie was injured as well. Yeah, I think I think that whole, um, pretty much the, uh, at least... The latter games of that series against the Bucks, it was pretty much just Kevin carrying the team. And I know, I know Kyrie wasn't playing. And I know Harden was out there, but Harden wasn't Harden. Harden was injured. Harden. So, I really think they're going to be able to take it all the way. And then when they meet the Lakers in the finals, they're just going to come up against too much of a monster in uh, LeBron James, Westbrook, and Anthony Davis. Uh, I think the best team that LeBron James has ever played on in his entire career. I think this team is better than the big three. And I think they're going to be able to beat the Nets, and it's going to be an awesome series. LeBron versus Durant. Uh, Westbrook versus Durant because they hate each other after yeah, Durant left. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting series. Hopefully, if, if we do get this, and I think this is what the basketball fans deserve, and I think this is what everyone wants. Or at least, this is what I want. I don't know what you want. It would want. be really cool. I think it would be a lot Le- of fun. Westbrook, Harden, and Durant all right. in one, uh, one NBA Finals. With LeBron and Anthony Davis, and you got players like Melo uh, potentially winning his first Finals, and this is going to be his first oh, Finals would, appearance. Yeah, that's true. Um, Rajon, Dwight Howard, just like classic all old these, school uh, players. Yeah, uh, I think that would be a ton of fun. I hope that's what's going to happen. That's my prediction for what's going to happen. And uh, that's what I have to say about that. What do you think, Isaiah? Mine's a little, my take's a little hotter here. So okay. buckle up for this one. Not out of the East. Out of the East, I'm feeling the exact same as, as you. I have the Nets making it to the NBA Finals. Again, whether, whether that's with Kyrie or not, to me, it seems like I, I just my gut tells me he's not going to play. 
He's not going to get vaccinated. He's not going to play. The only uh, at this point, I'm not to cut you off, but at this yeah, point, no, go ahead. the only way that I think that he does play is if New York lifts their vaccine mandate. And I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. So, and honestly, even if they do, it might be a thing of principle where the Nets don't don't want to, you know, let him play now. No, it seems they like lift it, they're going to let him play. Yeah, but like, I mean, it's such a, it's just such a bad, like, relationship thing between him and the team now that it's like, I mean, he kind of wins if they, if they end the vaccine mandate, then he just gets to play. And, and also there still might be vaccine mandates in other cities. So, and I, yeah, that's I don't true. Think, I don't See, think that's the happen. issue. Is like, I don't think that I even think if that's New York, happen. even if New York lifted it, and then if LA doesn't lift it, and then and that's the that ends up being the finals. That's just going to be a total disaster. Right. So, yeah, I just I don't think, I really don't think he's going to get vaccinated, and I don't think he's going to play. And that and honestly, if, if he does play, if he gets vaccinated and he does play, it might change my my finals prediction because I have the Nets losing in the finals. But get ready for who's going to beat them. It's going to be the number three seed out of the West, the Utah Jazz. Wow. They're going to go all the way. Wow. After last season, they were the number one team in the NBA at the end of last season in terms of record. And go to the playoffs, and, and, and they choke. They do, but that doesn't disprove how great of a team they were last year. I think Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell my, in my book, is one of the top players in the NBA. For sure top ten. Oh no way! For sure, top ten. He's no, he's, he's not one of the best players he in the is NBA. Not top ten. I think he's. I think he's gonna have his. I think he's gonna have a career year this year, coming off of a really, really good season last year. Their starting five is so good. I, I think this team makes a run, and I think, honestly, I think the pressure of them being number one kind of got to them a little bit last year because they went at they went in as the number one seed. A lot of expectations with that, and they choke in the in the playoffs. I think they go in this year, a little lower at three. And they and they pull off the upset. I think they go and beat the Lakers in the Western Conference semifinals. Wow. They beat out either the Suns and the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals and then they ride that momentum. I think I think the Jazz are gonna do it this year. I really, really believe in them. I love Donovan Mitchell. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna be top five MVP voting at the end of the season. That's a, that's and yes, this is a very it's kinda out there, but again, this was the team that was number one at the end of the last regular season. So when you think about it, it's not that crazy, but it's just, it's not like the most popular pick or the, you know, the, the, something that most people are picking, but it's, it's, it's something that very realistically could happen. I believe in them. I think your evaluation of Mitchell's too high. He's going to turn, he's going to, he's going to make you really was the best. If Mitchell really was a top 10 player in the, in the NBA, then perhaps I could. I could consider what you're saying, but he's not. He's he's a best like a top thirty player in the NBA. He's very no. much overrated by you, probably very <laughs> much overrated by other people. I wonder if ESPN came out with. He's a, such uh, a complete player. He's such a good shooter. He's such a good passer. Like I mean, he is so important to that team because he. I mean, he can do it all, and he's got good pieces around him. They've got they're a really good defensive team. Mike Conley. Shot lights out last season. I feel like that's going to continue. good. Um, they, they, they have shooters. That's the thing. And they have Gobert, who's the defensive player of the year, like every single year, it seems like. So I think they're a really, really good all-around team. And I think that, especially after last year, going in as number one seed and, and getting upset, 
or a lot earlier than I feel like they should have been, that's gonna. I think it's gonna fire them up, and they're not gonna let that happen again. So I believe in the Jazz. I think I think it's their year. And and here's the thing though, I had the Jazz versus Nets, and that is under the assumption that Kyrie does not play this whole season. If Kyrie does get vaccinated, it might change my. It might change who I think wins that series. I, you know, I, that's he's such he's such a great player that that easily could switch a series. You know who's gonna win to the Nets, but. As of right now, I don't think he's going to vaccinate. I don't think he's going to play. So I think they have that advantage at the point guard position. I think the Jazz win. Oh, my God. Dude. So you just said not only are they going to come out of the West, which is absolutely stacked and loaded. Correct. And they're going to somehow beat the three-headed monster of LeBron, AD, Suns did it last and year. And Westbrook. Okay, yes, they have Westbrook now, but Suns took him down last year. Didn't even did they have close. Westbrook? They did not, but... So, I mean, is Westbrook really going to mesh that well with them? I Westbrook think went so. To, you played with that's Bradley like, Beal last year, that's and they were three, terrible. That's three top 11 players in the NBA, according to my estimations. That's fine. On the same team. That's fine. The, the Jazz don't have Durant, one Harden, top 11 player. Durant, Harden, and Irving were top 10 players in my Irving's book last year. Irving's not a top 10 player. And... They lost in the Eastern they Conference were semifinals. That I know. They were if they were all together, they would have. You just said we just said ourselves that there's no way they would have lost if they were all together. They were all together, but I, they I, yeah, were I hurt like at full at full health. Yeah, injuries could could hamper any season. So not sure. only are they going to beat the crazy stacked Lakers team, which I think is the best team LeBron James has ever played on. They have all those guys. They have all those guys, but they're old. Teams. A lot of those guys are really AD's old and not washed. Old. Westbrook no, not AD. Is not, not besides LeBron didn't and AD. Didn't Westbrook average a triple double last year? Yeah, but so he, how is he old and washed? Okay, yeah. How those do you three average? Guys. Okay, outside no. of those three guys. But that's the three-headed monster. What else do you need? You need more players three. than three guys, and all those other guys oh, are old man. and washed. Carmelo, yeah, I love Carmelo. He's a lot of fun. He's a like he's a nostalgic he can still get you iconic off guy. The bench. Not really. Yes, he can still get you buckets off the bench. He's a he's a he's, he's not a spot up shooter. He's not he's not the piece that's gonna lift them from losing the first round of the playoffs last year to going to the NBA. Kendrick Nunn? That's not that's not exciting. Well, he used to be a pretty good player. Yeah, exactly. Used to be. All these guys used to be really good. This is just the like the old reunion get together team of, of what about, friends. Remember when playoff remember two years ago when what Rondo was doing in the in the playoffs? Playoff Rondo came through? I think you're cra- you're crazy yeah, like Listen, if you Jazz, wanna, the Lakers will if go. If you want to say that the Jazz are going to beat the Lakers, that's one thing, and I think that is absurd. I don't even think the Jazz could beat the Suns or the Nuggets. But not only are you saying that, then they're going to make the finals, and they're going to beat with no the Nets Kyrie. Too? With no Kyrie, yeah, they'll beat the Nets. Oh my God! Yeah, I think so. If they make it that far, they're going to be so fired up. They're going to win that. They're going to win that series. You're, but here's what's nobody's going to want to listen to this show when they hear you saying all this crazy no. stuff from the the people from the FM hey, station are listening again. They're going to say, "What is this guy talking about? He's crazy." Well, you want me to just take boring picks anyway? This is not only I want, I want to make it interesting, but this is also what I think is going to happen. So they're going to they're going to make that Western Conference semifinal. They're going to play the Lakers. The Lakers are going to you know they're going to be feeling confident. Oh, we glided to this. Second place in the West. 
We're feeling great. We have the three-headed monster or whatever. Jazz are going to be fired up. They're going to win that series. Yeah, you can laugh. You can laugh right now. That's fine. And then when it happens, I'm going to be the one with the last laugh. So, <laughs> yeah, okay. Go Jazz. Yeah, I go believe jazz. In the jazz. I'd love to see it. After Donovan Mitchell's career-high season finishes top five in MVP voting, the Jazz are going all the way. All right. I think we've exhausted this. I I hope that, like, I really wonder what people are going to tell me later when they, when yeah, they fine. listen to the show and hear what you had to say. They it's were a great team last year. There's no, I'm not it's, saying it's, they weren't a great it's, team, it's but not they're, not, they're not good enough. It's not unrealistic. It is unrealistic. No, yeah, it's not. It might not be not for completely the, not unrealistic for, the, for them to make the finals, but then to win the finals, too, that I think is Yeah, my whole argument is it relies on the fact that Kyrie Irving won't play for the Nets. This is the last thing I'm going to say about this. The Nets also have Kevin Durant yeah. and James Harden. I know. And they couldn't beat the Bucks last year. Two top five players in the NBA. Yeah. And they couldn't beat the Bucks last year. Because Harden was hurt. Yeah. That's right. And the Bucs had He doesn't need to be that fully at strength to knock down threes, which is what he's supposed to be there to do. So His whole game is... Isolation. Drive and fall down. No, it's... Well, <laughs> first off, that's a good point. A big part of his game is driving to the paint and drawing fouls, which is really difficult to do when you're injured. I think the NBA is... I, I don't think he's going to be able to do that as much this year, too, with the NBA tightening up on those rules. Second of all, a lot of his game is isolation, step-back threes, not catch-and-shoot ball. So, yes, when you are injured and you're James Harden, it does hamper your game a lot. All right. doesn't take that we much. Move it's on. a step-back. One step. You know, that's actually, oh, man. I'm, I'm glad I just thought of that, though, because I actually, I'm curious to see for some of these really good shooters that their game kind of relies on drawing fouls, like Trey Young. I'm really curious to see because the NBA is really cracking down this year. I've already seen some highlights of players, uh, you know, they'll come to a stop, they'll pump fake, the guy will jump up straight up, and then the player, the shooter will jump into them, and the ref just lets it go. Because, like, the past however many years, that's a foul every time on the defense for some reason, and then the shooter gets two or three free throws every time. They're cracking down on that, which I think is awesome. It's something I've been, I've been, I, I've talked about on the show the past couple of years that I just think is terrible for this league. So that's something I'm that actually really excites me for this NBA season is them cracking down on that, and just and just funny to watch when people do that, and then they like kind of flop their arms around, and there's just no call. It's it's so entertaining. So I'm I'm glad the NBA is cracking down, and that's going to be no longer part of the league. You want to crown our MVPs and then, then go through the rest of our NBA talk and then get the NFL? Let's do it. All right. What are we thinking, Isaiah? Anything crazy? MVP? Um, my MVP is a little crazy. Mine's My MVP is not, not super crazy. Okay. Um, not the top pick, but not super crazy. I have Steph Curry. Okay. I have him, I have him winning the MVP this season. Last year, he he willed his team to the play-in tournament. That I mean, it was just him and everyone else. Like he was playing on another level. I think and he, I think he, I think he might have ended up top three in MVP voting this year. I think that team's going to be even better. I think, I mean, he's still just proving every single game that he's probably the best shooter in NBA history. So, I think he keeps it up this year. I I think he's kind of is. I think his points per game is going to be something ridiculous, like somewhere up in the 30s. I think he's going to win MVP. They have Luka on the fa- as the favorite online. 
Yeah, yeah, going into the season, According they have Luka, which, is, yeah. which is crazy. Obviously, he's a very, very good all-around player. Yeah, I think that's kind of crazy, too. But as a favorite, that seems... Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know. All right. This is kind of a hot take. Okay. Since it hasn't been done in many years. I'm going with a LeBron James MVP. Yeah. I think he's been he's been totally uh, skimped out on by multiple MVPs in his career, which I think is ridiculous. And I think this year he's going to get back that award and win the MVP with his crazy monster team. Yeah, I mean, that's that's not a terrible take because I I was looking at it when in preparing for the show and I saw that the last time he won it was I think 2012. But see, this, like, it's crazy. absurd. That like, is there's crazy. no way that he deserves I mean, I think we've talked about it in the show before, but I think he deserves plenty more MVPs than he's had. He's I, only won I think he's won 4, right? I believe he's won four, but... The, I think he should have nine. I mean, honestly, like, maybe. I mean, he he's the greatest player of all time, and... Well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> I'm, he, I'm not he saying has gotten that, snubbed. but he's I think he does, I think he's been snubbed a lot Yeah, for the MVP. That's fair, and honestly... He is four, you're right. Um, you know, the other reason why that's not even a bad pick is that, you know, nobody really talks about how great Aaron Rodgers is in terms of winning an, at the level of winning MVP... He hadn't won since 2014. Then he won last year, seeming to a lot of people, seemingly out of nowhere. So it had been six years for him. It's been nine years for LeBron. I very, I, I very realistically could see LeBron winning it again. I have Steph Curry. I think he's just gonna keep riding off of his incredible shooting, and it's gonna will him to an MVP. But yes, I think LeBron very well. I, I don't think he's gonna end his career with four, and he's getting older every year. I think it's only a matter of time before he wins a fifth one. So yeah, no, that's 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 not a hot take at all. I don't think. I mean, well, it's, it's a hot take hot, according to, to me. According it's not. to Vegas, Vegas yeah. has him at uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth, eighth wow. most likely. That's crazy. Disrespectful. Because I mean, he, I like, I still think he's the greatest player in the league right now. Me too. So to have him at eighth, and I think a lot of people do. To have him at eighth, is, I think most is, people are kind of swaying away from him now. I think most people are saying Giannis or Durant now, but I don't think so. They haven't they haven't eclipsed him yet in my mind. No, yeah, same here. So, and I would I would like to see it honestly. I think it'd be really cool, and him winning another title. I I'm not against it. I I think it would be really cool, and just getting a lot of those guys on that Lakers team a championship, I think would be awesome. Like getting Carmelo a title. A LeBron, another one, obviously. I think it'd be really cool, um, especially for them to not win. Because, I mean, they won, they won one, but, I mean, that was the the Mickey Mouse Disney World Championship. Still a championship, but not quite the same in some people's eyes. So, I think it'd be awesome to see them win one, um, see LeBron get another one, see Carmelo get a title, but don't think it's going to happen. All right. Speaking of the Lakers, real quick, a quick aside. Yep. I didn't even write this in our notes. Did you see that Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis were fighting on the bench last night? Really? Yeah. Trouble in paradise like already. Physically. Really? Pushing Punches? each other. Were they pushing? Okay. I didn't. I. I did not get to research it as much as I would have wanted to because I was I was at a party when I got the uh, the notification on my phone <laughs> that I just watched I watched the uh, the Twitter video of it, mm-hmm. but. Um, 
I'll have to look into that more. I just it just came to my mind now because I was preparing and doing all kinds of other stuff for the show that didn't have to do with that, but uh definitely interesting. But it kind of like uh it reminds me of another LeBron James championship team where uh LeBron was getting into a big argument with Mario Chalmers on the uh oh, on the wow. bench. Yeah, that was and, a long uh, time ago. A long time ago, but um it just kind of uh it doesn't just because two players are fighting doesn't necessarily mean that it's not going to be a good team. It just means that they're really competitive and uh I guess they're maybe pushing each other the wrong way <laughs> or or what's going on. But um that chemistry that we talked about last year a lot with the Nets. Well, see like, that's that's not an much, interesting much chemistry so far with the Lakers. That's an interesting thing to talk about because a lot of this team has kind of been like added and plugged in. Right. I mean, Dwight Howard was on this team before, yes, but he was not on the team last year. Rajan Ronda was on this team before, yes, but he wasn't on the team last year. This is Westbrook's first year of the team. This is Carmelo's first year with the team. I don't think Bazemore was on the team last year, was he? Um, I don't think so, off the top of my head. Wasn't he on the Warriors? It's for some reason, that seems right. Um, But yeah, no, that's something we talked about and a lot. Wayne, have you ever heard of Wayne Ellington? I haven't. Yeah, he used to play for the Pistons. Yeah. Um, Was this his first right. year on the team, too? It's got to be. Yeah. So, like, uh, I mean, looking at their roster. It's a lot of random guys kind of going like, together. I think the guys that have been on this team the longest, unless if I'm missing something, is LeBron. Really? That's crazy. I mean, it's only been roster. like three years. Yeah. Westbrook is new. Ellington's new. Bazemore's new. Nunn's new. Monk is new. Horton Tucker is like it was his first year last year. He was just doing stuff. All these guys are, they're all new. DeAndre Jordan is another plug-in player. I don't yeah, know who I mean, Jay Huff and, and Siku Dumboya is. Oh, Dumboya, yeah, he's another Piston. And Trevor, yeah. I mean, I know Trevor. Yeah, I know Trevor Reese. I know Avery Bradley was on the team, but he I think he opted out last year. Or, I don't know. Maybe he was on a different team. Anyways, the whole point is that this whole team has been completely thrown together and I think yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how they react and, and end up meshing with each other because there's not a ton of chemistry on this team yet I mean it's even more so thrown together than the Nets were last year that's something we talked about yeah, last they're were, not going to have chemistry there was a base of the Nets they're not going to be able to play well together they had, they had some players at least like maybe half the team that had that weren't new that right. like, had been there for a couple of years this Lakers team, like you said, LeBron's been around the longest. He's been on the team for what three or four years. Um, yeah. So crazy. Ha- I think I think half that team is like first year guys. Like obviously, like some of them, like Howard, where they've played on the Lakers before. But I really think like half that roster is first time on that team. And yeah, they're 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 good players, but it's not like they've ever played together as like like this team is this is just brand new, and. So it's just yeah, that's I don't know, it's gonna we're gonna see how well they grow together. My argument last year with the Nets is that the amount of talent is gonna make up for the lack of chemistry, and I I think that's what's gonna happen with the Lakers too. I, that's why I have them at the number two seed in the West. But you know, it'll be interesting to see. Like I mean, there's already fighting. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe the chemistry really can harpen the team that much. We'll see. We will see, Isaiah. All right. You want to talk about this LeBron question I have right here? Yeah. All right. 
my question is, will this be... Well, you're saying that he's not going to win, but let's just say, well, he, the, assuming... They're, good. they're really good. Assuming that if LeBron were to win this year, will this be LeBron's toughest path to a championship? I mean, it's a tough question because it's... I mean, it's honestly pretty similar to last year. Last year was a super difficult path, and, and they got bounced in the in the first round. And they have a better team than they did last year. So I honestly would say it's not his hardest. Because I think, I think that was probably last year, honestly. Um, just yeah, with- but we're... I, like, I guess how I'm doing it is I'm comparing it to the other years that he's won. Okay. Other like his other won. championship okay, gotcha, seasons. Got you. Um, you know, it's still, it's still hard to beat that, that Cavaliers 2016 season where, I mean, it was the, the rest of the team was just not good, very good at all besides Kyrie Irving. They Kevin Love young, too. Yeah. Kevin Love. And J.R. Smith. And Tristan uh, I think J.R. Smith might've been a bit more of a liability than anything, but I think that was still probably his hardest, um, path to a championship. He does. I, he, I mean, he has a better team than he does right now. Yes, the West is better than the East was that year. But I still think that, I mean, he's got Anthony Davis. He's got Russell Westbrook and all these these veteran guys. I, I, I think they have a better team than they did then. So, no, I, I'm going to say no. It, this is not going to be their hardest because that 2016, I mean, it's just one of the most impressive championships I've ever seen. Seeing one of the greatest players of all time just absolutely will that team to win the title for, for Cleveland where he's – more or less from I mean that was such a difficult path that was such a cool championship I don't think it's gonna be quite that level um just because of the team they have around them so yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna go with no I'm gonna say no but I'm gonna make a little bit of a hot take on what was actually his most difficult championship I do not think it was the Warriors in 2016 optically I could see why most people would think that and it was Crazy to come back 3-1, especially against a a 73-win uh, Warrior team, which had won the most games in NBA history. But if you look at their rosters, I do think that the Cavaliers had a better team that year. Not in terms of how many games they won, but in terms of roster composition. If we're looking at starting five. That Cavs team versus this Lakers team? No, no, no. This Lakers team is definitely better than that Cavs team. I'm talking about... Um, that Cavs team versus that Warriors team. Okay. These 73-win Warriors yeah, team. Yeah, well, well, listen. The Cavs had Kyrie, LeBron, Kevin Love, J.R. Smith, and Tristan Thompson. Going up against the Warriors team that had Stephen Clay and Draymond, yes, but also Harrison Barnes and Festus Azili starting at the center. So, yes, it was a very challenging win. And it was very impressive. But I do think that that Cavs team was better constructed than that Warriors team, despite the Warriors team winning 73 wins. And I will go on to say that I think his real most challenging championship was against the San Antonio Spurs in 2013. You look at that team. They had Tim Duncan, future Hall of Famer if he isn't already. Manu Ginobili. Kawhi Leonard. Parker, Danny Green, that team is stacked. I think that 2013 Spurs team was better than that 2013 Heat team. 
Which had Wade. Big three. Yeah. The original big three. I think, I'm telling you, I think that team was better than the big three team. And I think it showed when they won the next year and they defeated the Heat in the championship. And even so, if you look at that 2013 finals, that was the finals where Ray Allen had to make that shot. You know, the. Ray Allen, possibly the greatest shooter of all time, up there with Steph. A long, and he's, yeah, not even, he's not even in the big three. He's coming off the bench. He's not even in the big three, though. So my point is, is that uh, if it wasn't for Ray Allen hitting that shot, they lose that series. And it's that's one of the most incredible shots in uh, in NBA history. But I really do think that that Spurs team was the most gifted team that LeBron ever had to go up against. And therefore, and I do think that Spurs team is better than this Nets team that I see him having to face this year. But if Kyrie Irving were to play, I do think that this Nets team would be the uh, the hardest team that he would ever have to play. But given the current scenario, I would say that no, this would not be his hardest championship. See, the thing is, that was that was the prime of a lot of those guys' career. Like uh, that was the prime of like the big three, and Ray Allen was older, but I mean he was still really really good. And when you look at the Spurs team, Duncan. Very, he was still very good, but I mean, he was older. Kawhi was very young, and obviously he was he was already really good. But I mean, that was one of his first years in the NBA. And Parker and Ginobili, yeah, they were they were like Parker's a little older, but they they were basically in their prime. But I would have LeBron and D Wade and Chris Bosh in their prime over an old uh, Tim Duncan, really young Kawhi. And then but what happened the next guys. year? Yeah, they lost. They were still a really good team. Right, I, so, that's not as impressive to me. And and the Warriors beat the the Cavaliers the year before, so same argument. In that, they, they like they they were playing the exact same team, but they were that Cavs team in twenty sixteen was still able to overcome it on a Warriors team that won even more games than they had won the previous season and beat them in the finals. The fact that the Cavs were over to overcome able to overcome all of that, that's more impressive to me. All right, uh, like I said, it was like I said, it was a hot take. It is. I don't expect most people to agree with me, but I don't. That is where <laughs> I'm, my mind is at with that situation. But okay, I can understand why people don't like it. All right, Ben Simmons in the NFL. Ben Simmons and then NFL. All right, maybe Ben Simmons should join the NFL. Maybe if, the, if the Eagles ben might Simmons, need him. Yeah, like tight end. Yeah, for instead of Zach Ertz. Yeah, because. Uh, Listen, if he's not playing for the 76ers, if he's not going to report to play with them, then I'm sure he could play some nice tight end. Right, exactly. The Eagles could use him. Two Big, and four. strong, tall guy. Yeah, they got a tough game coming up this week. He doesn't have to shoot. He just has to catch. Yeah, I think he can do that. No dunking, no shooting. No no layups, thankfully. Or maybe he'd be a good linebacker. He's a really good defensive NBA player. Maybe just get the ball out of his hands. Right, totally. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the questions here are how long will Ben Simmons be a 76er and what should the 76ers' next move be? So what are we thinking, Isaiah? Based off of what I have heard the players have been saying about, you know, he, he needs his time or whatever, and but, like, we still love him and support him, all that. I honestly think – this is what I think is going to happen. I think he'll come back at some point this season – Probably sometime soon, probably within the next month, I would say, and play for the Sixers. The fans aren't going to like him, and I honestly don't think he will be really any better than he was last season. 
So I think he'll play on the team this year. I don't think he'll be that great, and I think they'll drop him. They'll trade him for someone next year after the after the uh, yeah after this coming season. But I do think he will play for the 76ers this season for most likely the last time. May I ask why next year and not now? Would the tra- like why would the trade happen next year and not now? What's the difference? You know, it's I, I really think that they're gonna give him one more year to prove that he could still be that, that really good point guard that they drafted that, you know, they saw a lot of flashes of being a, a really, really good NBA player early on in his career. I think they'll give him one more chance, and I don't think it's going to pan out, and I think they'll, they'll get rid of him after the season. But I, I don't think, I, I don't think team, teams are going to want him at the trade deadline. But that's not really what the issue is right now. I don't think that the 76ers are, like, I don't think it's up to the 76ers to say, we'll give him a chance. He's signed on for the contract. He's... Yeah, but the they reason, could trade him, and I think they will after the season. Yeah, but my point is, is like, the way that you're structuring your argument is like it's the Seventy Sixers that are giving him the chance. It's it's Ben Simmons that is actively deciding not to be playing. It's Ben Simmons that is saying, "I don't ever want to play for the Seventy Sixers again." If the if Ben Simmons wanted to, if well, that's fine. But what I'm saying is that Ben Simmons said, "Oh, I messed up last year. I got to like go in this." This summer and work hard and I'll be back next year. I don't think that that the seventy sixers would not have him on the team. Like of course they're gonna play him. It's not the problem is not from the seventy sixers side, it's from Ben Simmons' side. Yes and no. Because I like you know, I yeah, I agree he's just kinda sitting around it doesn't seem like he's really wanting obviously just he's said he doesn't want to be there, but I mean, I still think he's going to, like, he's, he hasn't, uh, I don't know, what am I trying to say? I He still is on the 76ers. I still think that he's going to go back and play for them this season, despite not wanting to be there. I mean, that's where he's under contract. I think at some point he's going to want to come back and be like, okay, I'm still this really good player. And it's maybe, and honestly, it might end up being more of like a showcase to other teams. Like, oh, look, I'm still this really good guy, like, trade for me, I, I want to be on your team. But, like, that's this is his current situation now. I think he's going to utilize it whenever he's ready, which is, you know, kind of ridiculous to say, like, whenever he's ready, whatever. But that I, that's his current situation now. I think his best move is to play. And if you don't want to be there, show that you're worthy of playing on a different really good team in the current situation that you have. I think that's what's going to happen, and I don't think. But it, he's putting in no effort. It seems like in practice and just throughout the off season. So I don't think he's going to be very good. So I think I, that's just what I think is going to happen. So yeah, I don't disagree with that. I guess I was just kind of confused by your original point, but it sounds like the way you're talking right now, it's like the power is in Ben Simmons' hands, not up. To, like the Seventy Sixers will have him if he wants to come play and compete and work. Well, they're not going to want him though. Because he's not, he's not doing that. Right, but if he was... So, so I, think, I think neither side really wants... Like, to, like the 76ers don't really want him because he's not trying. He's just not that great anymore. Or, like, at least he wasn't that great last season. And he doesn't really want to be there. The fact of the matter is he's on the team. Yeah, so, he's under a really fat contract. Right. And so that's they'll play the him because he's under the contract. And hopefully he can prove that he's still good enough to be there. But on the Ben Simmons side, if he really, really doesn't want to be there... Then go out there and 
prove to other teams that you're trade worthy. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with that because it seems like the problem is right now is that teams aren't committed to offering any su- offering anything sweet in a package for Ben Simmons because of his woes recently, most notably last playoffs. And I uh, was listening to an interview with Daryl Morey, who is the president of operations for the 76ers, and he said that all they're being offered right now for Ben Simmons are role players. And that's not an equitable return for Ben Simmons, for a player, you know, despite his issues, he still is a skilled and talented player that if he got his stuff together and he really worked on his game, I'm sure he could be a good player in this, and he already is a good player, but an even better player in this league and, and maybe be able to make some noise in the playoffs under the bright lights when that time does come again. But what Daryl Morey is saying now is that Ben Simmons is a difference maker, which I agree with, despite his problems in the past, and that they're not being offered any difference makers in a trade in a trade package for Ben Simmons, so therefore he's not going to trade him. And Daryl Morey said something like, this might be a four-year-long process, which I'm assuming is how long the yeah. contract is for. And I honestly think that's smart by the 76ers. Don't give in to Ben Simmons' crap. He signed the deal. You know, like, there's all this... But you want to keep paying him to just sit around? No, but he's not getting... If he's... I'm pretty sure there's there's contract clause. Like, he was losing money when he didn't report to play, so if he's not... But he's still getting paid a lot. Yeah, no, he's, yeah, he definitely loses money for not doing what he's under contract to do. But they still have to pay him a lot of money just to be on the team. But, I mean, at some point, you know... Some team has to has to put their their foot in the sand and uh, and stand up to these players that are signing these big contracts and then dem- and then demanding to be traded like Anthony yeah. Davis, etc. There's Ka- uh, Kawhi Leonard because when you sign these contracts, it should be what it is a contract that okay, I'm agreeing to play for this team for this amount of years for this amount of money, and that's how it's supposed to work. It's not supposed to be. Oh, I'm going to sign this contract, and then when I suck in the playoffs and I decide not to dunk a ball when I have a wide-open lane and uh, the fans hate me now and I screwed up and now I don't want to play in Philly anymore, then I'm out. That's not how it works. Yeah. You sign the contract. You're there. So the 76ers should remain strong and not trade him until they actually get something good back in return. And if not, then let him wither away and sit on the bench for four years and waste four years of his career. And that's how it should be. The problem is also that, like, I guess another problem that comes with the fact that the NBA is really built around, like, super teams right now is you get a situation where there's someone like a Ben Simmons who thinks of himself as being good enough to play on one of those teams. Like, he wants to go to a different contender because he thinks he's good enough to be a starter on a contender. But he's, like, after what we saw last year, I mean, he's just not at that level right now. But that's just where the league has gone, like, Rather than, you know, you have your woes one season, one postseason, and then you, you just stick it out on a team that's still, like, pretty good, It's instead the mindset is now, no, 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 I'm really good. Like, come on, Lakers. Come on, I don't know, Warriors. Like, whoever. Like, I, I'm really good. Like, I, I deserve to be on a contender. Like, this team just hates me. Like, it just, it's such it's such a, like, a individual mindset of, like, it, it's just not really team-oriented anymore for a lot of these guys. 
that a lot of, a lot of these like drama guys it's like same thing with like a Kyrie it's just like it's more about I'm really good despite all these problems I'm having so I can go wherever just like get me out of here and it's just I mean I I do still think he's really good I still think he's a top twenty player in the league uh, t- he's not top twenty right now I think he is I mean I think everyone so he's is better than Donovan Mitchell. Absolutely. You're crazy. He's absolutely you're better crazy. than Donovan Mitchell. I'd much rather have him on my team than Donovan <laughs> Oh, you're Mitchell. crazy. I'm not crazy. That's a crazy statement. Between the defense and the all-around play yeah, and the, the athleticism. And... No, but he, look, he doesn't need the shooting to be great. The missing, He's already the, a, they're giving up wide-open layups. Look, uh, like right now, everyone is focused on what just happened. And I'm not saying they shouldn't be focusing on what just happened because that is what just happened. And what... People are quick to just look at that and then not consider his whole body of work, which is actually quite good. And I do think that he's a top 20 player, and I do think he's better than Donovan Mitchell. Okay, whatever. That's just that's just wrong. But anyway. NFL time? Yeah, I think, I think we've exhausted Ben Simmons. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, him and Kyrie just, just loading up in the East with the drama. Um, it's just... It's fun to watch. I mean, the NBA really is just kind no, of... No, but it would be more fun to watch if they were right, on the court. Right, But it's, it's just, it's funny. They're really great players, and right. it would make the East a lot more competitive and a lot more interesting and a lot more fun. It's, it's reality TV. It's a drama show. And yeah, maybe got the two co-stars, Kyrie Irving. Maybe they'll uh, they'll have a reality TV show. <laughs> they already do. <laughs> they could, uh, I don't know, maybe someone will, if they're not going to be playing, maybe, maybe somebody could pick it up, like... Uh, who does uh, Keeping Up with the Kardashians? What what network? I don't even know. E, I think. E? Yeah. Maybe E. E will do a a whole doc. Ben and on, Kyrie. Uh, yeah, Ben and Kyrie. Uh, what are they doing <laughs> when they're not playing and they're they're deciding to sit out the season? Sitting around, uh, not yeah. playing basketball. I'll tell you that much. Kyrie, maybe. They'll be hanging out with. Uh, I forget. Doesn't um, I think Kyrie Irving has like a supermodel girlfriend. Probably. And I know that um, I know Ben Simmons was linked with Kendall Jenner in the past. I don't know if that uh, that's like is still a thing. NBA. What? <laughs> that's like half the NBA. <laughs> oh no no no! But like I I think I you're right. That is half the NBA. But um, more recently I think it's been like a serious thing. Ben Simmons and Kendall mm-hmm. Jenner. So, I mean that would probably be an interesting. Yeah, maybe you know what? That's that's an end for Ben Simmons. Just go be on Keeping Up with the Kardashians for this season. Ah, yeah. Because you're yeah, not you playing, Makes you might as well there. just go hang out with Kendall, hang out with your girlfriend on beaches and stuff, and get on TV a different listen, way. Listen, can you really blame him? Yeah, well, I, I mean, would. He should be playing. Yeah, but I mean, that seems like a pretty fun thing to do too. Hanging out with Kendall. That's <laughs> crazy. It's crazy the NBA's at this point where if you like someone has a bad season, instead of just like playing it out the next year, it's just like oh, I'm gonna sit around and. And we and we could like joke about them like joining like a TV show like it's just crazy state we're in. Did you see the video of Ben Simmons practicing the other day like with his phone in his pocket and he was like just walking around? I didn't. He was so he was actually practicing with some of the some players on his team, but he was like I mean he was basically letting like people run right by him and his phone was like bouncing around in his pocket like he just clearly wasn't there. So wild story. <laughs> fun entertaining to watch all right should we move to the national football league yeah absolutely all right real quick before we do that station identification we're at the top of the hour we're approaching two o'clock here so 
Once again, you are listening to WZBC 90.3 FM Newton. This is The Extra Point, and my name is Isaiah Mueller. This is Kenny Tomkovich. Thank you for listening, everybody, and we're going to bring you another great hour of sports talk, and we're going to get into the, some NFL. And if you, uh, if you like what you're hearing, every weeknight, or every Thursday night, every week, 7 o'clock, we are on the AM section of WZBC. This show, one hour every week, 7 to 8, so... Look out for that if you want to hear more of us. All right. To the NFL. We got week seven coming up. Where should we go first, Kenny? Want to hit it with the power rankings? Let's do it. All right. Through six weeks, something Kenny and I like to do every couple weeks in the NFL is go through our top five teams in the National Football League. Kenny, let's hear it. Who do you got? All right, here we go, Isaiah. Coming at you... A number f- for number five on Kenny's top five power rankings in the NFL, we have Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Crazy. Why is that crazy? Wait, you said five? Yeah, five. Okay, okay not crazy. I, I, for some reason, I thought you said one. No. Five. No, 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 All right, no. Yeah, yeah. I'm going from bottom to top. Yep. Here we go. At number four, everyone's favorite, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In at three this week, we have Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers. Wow, after losing to the Ravens. After losing to the Ravens, I still think they are the better team, and they are coming in at number three. Sitting at number two is the L.A. Rams. And at number one, which should not be much of a surprise to most people, I would hope, we have the 6-0 and Kyler Murray-led Cardinals. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, you, I my top five. I'll go. I'll go the. I will start at number one, going off of where you were just were at this point. There's just you can't not give it to the Cardinals. At six and zero, the Arizona Cardinals have proven they are the best team in the NFL so far this season. Until they're beaten, I I I really can't have them below one at this point. So, number one, I have the Cardinals. Number two, Tom Brady. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Besides that Rams game, they've looked pretty dominant. They've looked like they've uh, not really missed a beat since last season, so I have them at number two. Number three, got the Packers. It's my favorite team for all of uh, all of our radio listeners that don't know. Big Packer fan, but that doesn't don't let that uh, try not to let that influence my decision. So five and one Packers, looking pretty dominant. They're at number three. Number four, I have the Ravens. Lamar has been. Absolutely going off. Um, super fun to watch. Having the number four. And then number five, I, I really don't want to do it, but I think I'm going to have to put the Rams at number five. I Probably because I'm a Packer fan, but I've always been pretty anti-Matthew Stafford. Still not super convinced that that's really a Super Bowl team so far, but they have been playing really well. They are sixteen point favorites in their game this week. As of right now, I can't I can't exclude them from my top five. So I have the Rams at five. All right, so I think Isaiah. mostly mostly the same. Yeah, Am the I, only thing we swapped out you have the, the Packers. Packers. I have the Packers, the Packers at six. They're at six. You had the Chargers in there over yeah. the Packers, and they lost thirty four to six last week to the no, Ravens. No, the Chargers are better than the Packers. Um, what about the thirty four to six game? It's one game. But thirty four to six. Yeah, that's that's pretty bad. Well, what about thirty-eight to three in week one? That's pretty yeah. bad. 
whatever. Yeah, okay. But the Chargers are four and two now. Yes, they are. I still think they Packers have more. They have more high quality wins than the Packers have. Crazy. They had to play the Chiefs. They had to play the Raiders. They had to play the Browns. They've had to play the Ravens. They've had to play the Cowboys. That's a schedule. lot tougher of a schedule than your Green Bay Packers. They're top ten. They're not top five. I haven't had them in my top five yet this season. I still don't believe fully in them. They're a good team, but I'm not fully convinced yet. Justin Herbert, he's been getting so much hype this season. And a lot of it's for, for I mean, it makes sense. He, he It's warranted a lot of the time. He's been proving that he can be a top quarterback in the league, but... I don't think he's necessarily there yet. I mean, some people have even talked about him like winning MVP this year. I think that's crazy. I, think I don't think he's going to win MVP, but I do think he's he's good. I think he's going to have a really good career, but just you know, I just hear some things. People have him like as a top as one of the top quarterbacks, and like it's just too early for that. He's not quite there yet. So I, I just don't believe in the Chargers yet. They're not the they're not the third best team in the NFL. I'm sorry, they're just not. But they're a good team. I think I think he's he's definitely. Uh... I have him at twelfth in my in my quarterback rankings. Okay, yeah, that's that's probably right. I mean, as long as as fair. long as he's not in the top ten, yeah, he's I have not top, top ten yet. Is, all right, that's, he's not top fine. ten yet. Okay, I'm he's having a good year this year. He's doing better than he normally does. Well, normally, normally as as being <laughs> last year. Yeah, and he's got a new coach, and I think they're meshing a lot better. And obviously, has a really good. I mean, he's a really good receiving core. I really, I really like his receivers. Uh, especially Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and then his defense is obviously really good as well. Not so much last week, but um, they're they're a pretty complete team. It just just not there yet though. All right, should we look at our predictions for next week? Yeah, sure. First of all, so Kenny and I do predictions every week on who's going to win each game. So let's recap where we are so far in the season and what happened this past week. Kenny, there are 14 games this past week, four teams on by. So you went nine and five. Pretty good. I went 11 and three. Wow. So I had a really good week. Nice. Um, so overall in the season, I have a three game lead on you. Okay. You are 49 and 29. That's pretty good. And I'm 52 and 26. Okay. And actually though, it's actually a two game lead at this point because our Thursday night game Oh, I went right, with the upset. Right. I went the you upset. Took the I took Broncos, the Broncos. I, I picked the Browns. I couldn't. I couldn't go with Case Keenum at home yet. He somehow. I believe in Case. Case was pretty good when he was playing at the Rams. No, he's not. He's he's not. And he bad, had that, they had that whole. Uh, he had that whole um, Minnesota miracle. Right. He's, he's not doing bad, the whole the whole skull chant. That was the best. I just couldn't have him winning a game in his first start on a short week after a couple years since he started a game. So I just... Well, there you go. And he did it. So now it's only a two-game lead. I'm 0-1. Kenny's 1-0. But let's jump in to our picks for this coming week. There's six teams on by this week, so only 13 NFL games, 12 more ahead of us. Let's start with Sunday's early games. First off, the Green Bay Packers hosting the Washington football team. They're wearing all uh, all green alternate uniforms. Have you seen those? I have not. I want to, though. Yeah, they're green jerseys, green pants, and then the, the helmets are just yellow. No logo. It's pretty cool. I I like it. And they, they don't wear... What do I type in here, I say? What am I looking al- up? Alternate. Green Bay alternate jerseys. Alternate jerseys. There it is. These? Yeah, it's those green ones. They got the yellow numbers. Yeah, here. Look at this Randall Cobb picture. 
I like that. Yeah, it's pretty cool, and they're they're debuting this because it's a um, it's a throwback to the early fifties. That's like basically what the uniform looked like in like a fifties version. I think it was like nineteen fifty to nineteen fifty three. So those are cool. Yeah, that's what they're wearing this week, hosting the Washington football team. There's no way the Packers are going to lose. No, I don't think so either. Not in the alternate jersey. Against a terrible Washington defense. I'm going with the Packers. Especially riding that momentum from last week. Big win against the Bears last week. Yeah. Exciting win against in the oldest rivalry in the NFL. So, Packers are going to roll. Kenny, I assume. I am with you on that one, Isaiah. All right. We We got a couple fun early games. One of them is the Titans coming off of a big win against the Bills. Hosting the Chiefs, 1 o'clock Sunday. Kenny, interesting one. Who do you got here? Yeah, these are two teams coming off of a a win, Isaiah, that the Chiefs really needed to get that win last week to get back on track, and they did. And now we have the Chiefs going into Tennessee, and I think they're going to ride the momentum from the previous week and pull off a W here. And uh, I have the Chiefs taking over the Titans in this one. So I have uh, I, you know, I like to look at the, like a, uh, some sort of major storyline to follow going into each week, and my major storyline is if the Titans are going to be able to show up that win last week against the Bills at home and prove that they're still a top contender in the AFC if they can do that this week hosting the Chiefs, and I think they will. I think the the Titans are gonna are gonna win against the Chiefs at home. Chiefs are they had a big win. Or at least to you know, kind of motivate their lift their spirits a little bit. They had that two and three start, went and beat Washington last week. They're sitting at three and three, but ever since that week one Browns win, their their two wins have been the Eagles and Washington, both of which were on the road, which is impressive. But those are two NFC East teams. Chiefs, there. I mean, just feels like there's something missing. I I remember I talked about it last week. Mahomes just doesn't look quite the same as he had last year and the year before so far. I think the Titans are going to roll off that momentum. It's going to be a really good game. I think it's going to be really close, but Titans are at home, so I think that gives them the edge. I'm taking the Titans in this one. All right, another fun 1 o'clock game is the Ravens and the Bengals. 5-1 and one Ravens hosting the 4-2 and two Bengals. Battle of the top two teams in the AFC North. Kenny, who are you taking? Yeah, that is a fun game, but... Uh... I'm really high on Lamar Jackson and the Ravens right now, and I think they're going to be able to uh, beat the Bengals. I don't think Joe Burrow and his squad is going to be up for that challenge quite yet. I really, I, I would love to see the upset. I, For our, our radio listeners that don't know, I'm a huge Joe Burrow fan. Really think he's going to be one of, the, one of the top quarterbacks going forward in this league um, as, his, as his younger generation of quarterbacks grows up. I really have been so excited by what I've seen this year, and I think they could go upset them, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pick them. I'm gonna take the Ravens. They're rolling right now. They're playing them at home. When this game is in Cincinnati later this year, depending on where we're at, I, I think I might take the Bengals then. But with the Ravens at home, I think it's a really good game. The Bengals are gonna go there and show everyone that yes, we're a real team. We're gonna compete with these really good contenders that we have to play two times a year, like the Ravens. But they're not gonna they're not gonna be able to quite pull off the win yet. So I'm taking the Ravens as well. All right, we have the F- Dolphins hosting the Falcons. Dolphins are kind of in free fall. It's a really exciting game. Isaiah. Real exciting game. <laughs> two, wow, a two win. Everyone, make Falcons, sure you tune in for that one. One win Dolphins team. Who 
Who you got? I have the Falcons and Matt Ryan. Yeah, I have uh, I have the Falcons as well. Matt Ryan, Kyle Pitts had his first touchdown. I think not last week. This is the week before, but seems like a, that's going to be a pretty good connection. That's a a BC quarterback against a former BC player as coach for the Dolphins. Brian Flores used to play oh, for yeah, BC. Oh yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, you know, I actually didn't know that till this past week. How'd I you find out? Uh, funny story, actually. I was in alumni. Um, I had to sign a, a document for this uh, for some, this job I've been doing, but I was walking through alumni. I noticed a picture. They have pictures of like some of the greatest players in BC history, and Brian Flores is there. I was like, huh. I did not know he played for BC. That's cool. And then uh, ESPN actually was running an article. That was like one of their top NFL articles this week about Matt Ryan and Brian Flores. Cause I think they were... I think they might have been playing at the same time. At least, like, Brian Flores might have been, like, a senior when Matt Ryan might have been, like, a freshman. Oh, okay. But, like, they were, like, overlapped a little bit. So. That's cool. Yeah, it's really cool um, connection there. But I have the Falcons going on the road and beating the Dolphins. Let's move on to the local game. Local game. New England Patriots are hosting the New York Jets. Kenny, what do you think? I have the Patriots in this one, and this is my best bet okay. of the week. So... For those that do not know and are new listeners, every week Isaiah and I do a best bet where we pick a game that we recommend that if we had to bet, we would be betting on this one. And this week I have the Patriots, which uh, they are minus seven against the Jets, and I think they're going to be able to cover that. They played the Jets in New York earlier this year and beat them 25-6 to while covering that seven-point spread. And they have looked, uh, it's kind of hard at the Patriots. I don't know really mm. what, they've been they disappointing. Good, they've they looked good, record. but they have a bad record. Like, they have this game where they narrowly lost to the Buccaneers 19-17, to and the Buccaneers we both think very highly of. Uh, last week they went into overtime with the Cowboys, which is a That's team that, game. that I think very highly of. I, I think I definitely have them in my top 10 teams in the NFL. So I think uh, they've really competed well against some solid teams. Well, not solid teams. They've competed well against some really good teams, and they've been really, really close. And I think that they'll be able to beat up on a sorry Jets team. Yeah, that actually reminds me. There's probably some people not happy that we don't have the Cowboys in the top five. I mean, five and one. The Cowboys. They beat the Chargers, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I have them at one, two, three, four, five, six. I have them at seven. Okay. Yeah, that's close. And I'm glad you have the Packers over the Cowboys. Yeah, least. the Packers are over the Cowboys game. for now. Good, good. Okay. And the uh, I think the Cowboys are off this week, so... There we go. We got our, our Cowboys mention of the week in. Um, on to your team, the G-Men, the New York Giants hosting the Panthers. Kenny, who you got? I have the Panthers, unfortunately. The New York Giants do not look like a very good football team right now, especially after that loss last year. I mean, uh, last week, a complete blowout at home against the Rams. And unfortunately... I think that Sam Darnold is going to come into his old stadium and is going to be oh, yeah. able to take the Giants apart and win that game. Giants have not been a good team, but you know who else hasn't been a good team recently? The Panthers. The Panthers. What the heck's going on? They had that 3-0 start. Well, they don't have CMC. 
That's true, but... That's big. He's the best running back in the league. Two straight home losses to the Eagles and the Vikings. CMC. Very well. That very well could be. And I think they I think they lost... I think they're on a three-game losing streak, so I think they lost... Yeah, they did win 3-0 to start. Yeah, and then they're sitting at 3-3 three and three now. Um, let's see the Panthers. I'm no, that's gonna, what it is. Yeah, I'm curious. I can't remember who they lost. Oh, they lost to the Cowboys. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Panthers have been playing really bad. This is a, honestly this is a pretty bad game um, for a Panthers team that people had high expectations for. And yes, Christian McCaffrey, big part of that. But the Giants look very sorry right now. I'm gonna have to take the Panthers. These teams are both playing so badly, though. I mean, you know, a Giants at home, they could do it. They could. Um, I mean, Panthers. They did go to overtime their loss last week, but three straight losses, two of them at home. Tough slide, but. I have them bouncing back over a sorry Giants team, so I have the Panthers as well. All right, on to the Raiders and the Eagles in Las Vegas. Kenny, who are you taking? I have the Vegas Raiders in this one, uh, building off of a solid win last week. I have the Raiders, and I have the Raiders as my best bet. Minus three against the Eagles at home. That's a good one. I and, like that. And, I mean, it's only three points. Eagles, they played the Buccaneers close last week. The Eagles week. are a little scary. I think uh, Jalen Hurts is a little a little scary. But the Raiders last week, I just saw them. I, I had them winning last week against the Broncos, despite the fact that they're without Gruden. Because sometimes, you know, you lose your coach like that. You, you can get, be you can be like kind of fired up, like still want to prove to people you're a good team. They still are a very good team. And, and maybe it's, I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, Gruden had his show that he's not a great person, but... Even from a coaching standpoint, they might be kind of free. They might be feeling more free that they're, like, rid of what John Gruden is. Yes, he's such, like, a personality that, like, it's, like, fun or whatever. But, you know, it's probably a little bit intimidating or at least intense for that team that's, like, you're revolving around John Gruden. They might feel a little more free now to, I don't know, they just not have that Gruden personality hanging over them. So I think they're going to... Now that they're back at home for the first time without Gruden, playing against an Eagles team that, yes, has has competed well, a close home loss last week against the Buccaneers, but I think they covered this three-point spread at home. I think, I mean, they're still a really good team. So, yeah, best bet, minus three Raiders. Okay, now we have the blowout game. Two games, actually three games. Three games. That are just kind of crazy. And I think they're all... At least three out of at least two out of the three are later games, but first off, we have the Rams in LA hosting the Lions. They are eighteen point favorites. The five and one Rams against the zero and six Lions. You, where do you see? Eight? Oh, I have them at sixteen and a half here on ESPN. Oh, did I say eighteen? Sorry, sixteen. Sixteen. Cardinals are eighteen. Yeah. Well, then we'll get into that one next. But Kenny, who is gonna win? Between the Rams and the Lions. And this is the Jared Goff uh, revenge game. Yeah, wow. This is a really tough pick. Here we go. Really Stafford versus Goffer. This is fun. Really tough pick, but I'm going to have to go <laughs> with the, the the Rams are going to edge this one out. Who won the trade? I guess we'll find out this Sunday. I think we already know. 16-point <laughs> favorites. There's no way anyone... I mean, that would be one of the greatest upsets of all time if the Lions could pull us off. I mean, so. this, is a, this is annoying for my uh, my survivor pool this week because... I'm going to pick the Cardinals, but we're down to six guys, so I'm assuming 
most people are going to pick either the Rams or the Cardinals this week, and then, you know, it's pretty much a uh, an automatic bid to to next week. I uh I took the Rams last week against the Giants. I'm sorry. Oh, someone else someone it. else did that, so I guess they won't be able to to choose them. Yeah, I can't remember if I've done the Cardinals yet. If I haven't, I'm gonna I'm gonna take them. But I feel like I might have picked them. Oh, I did because I picked them. I picked the Cardinals in week two against the Vikings, and then they won off the missed field goal. So I can't take the uh, I can't take the Rams, Cardinals, or Buccaneers this week. Wow. Oh wow. Be interesting. Maybe I'll uh, you know I'll go with my best bet. I'll take the Raiders. They're going to cover really? the three. I think I'll take the Raiders. We'll see. All right. Well, I mean, I, I have to. They're my best bet. They're going to cover that. Guaranteed. Put your money on it. All right. Anyway, though, Rams-Lions, clearly both going with the Rams here. On to the next one. The Cardinals are hosting. The 6-0 Cardinals hosting the 1-5 Texans. Minus 18-point favorites there. I'm just going to be more curious to see if they cover these spreads because these are yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, me too. And you, I mean, it's rare that you see these this big of spreads in the NFL, but when you have two of the top, at least in my book, top four teams in the NFL, or top five teams in the NFL, hosting the bottom two teams, I guess that's what happens. So, Cardinals, yep. both ways. Yep. And then, I mean, this one's... Uh, slightly more interesting. Slightly more interesting, but I think it's like a 13-point game, is Buccaneers hosting the, the Bears. Minus 11.5. Okay, 11.5. I have the the Buccaneers here. Too. Yeah, I have the Buccaneers as well. Um, Justin Fields playing all right. Bears defense pretty good, but Packers beaten by ten last week. Buccaneers are at home. I think that one's pretty not too difficult of a of a pick. All right. Oh, Sunday night, Sunday night football. We have the Forty ers and the Colts. Colts have gotten uh, both these teams have gotten a couple of primetime games already. And they, I think they both have two wins. So, not the uh, most favorable Sunday night matchup for the general audience. But that's what we have in San Francisco. Kenny, who you got? I have the 49ers getting a home victory here, Isaiah. What about you? I have the 49ers as well. This one, I think it's really chalked up to the home team here. Because the Colts, they had an impressive win last week where they put up a lot of points on the Texans, which is... Yeah, it's the Texans. It's it's not the most impressive of wins, but they, they show that they're capable at least of, of having a big offensive day. So they I they have potential, but it just they haven't been consistent enough. I don't think they go on the road and play in a tough Levi's Stadium and take down the 49ers who haven't had a great season so far, but I think they, they edge them out in this one. Alright. So Monday night football, the Seahawks are in prime time again. Bad timing with the Seahawks being in prime time because they lose Russell Wilson. Why can't, why can't they shift around? These, I know. Uh, I don't know. You would think, but the season's the the schedule's set going into the season, so it's just bad luck because Russell Wilson breaks his finger, then the next two games for the Seahawks are in prime time. So it's uh, Geno Smith starting for the Seahawks at home against the Saints on Monday night. Kenny, who you got? Isaiah, I have the Saints going on the road and beating. The Geno Smith Seahawks. What about you? I have the Saints as well. They are coming off of a bye week. They've shown, I mean, they had two not great losses. I mean, that, that Giants loss was not great. But, I mean, they're going, and they're going to see, to Seattle, which is a tough place to play. But it's still Geno Smith. Gino, I mean, Geno uh, Gino forced overtime last week at Pittsburgh. He did. He played pretty, he played 
pretty well. But that was a really great play by TJ Watt to end that game. That yeah, was awesome. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, that it, guy's a beast. The, the problem with Gino is that I mean it's just been throughout his career, and and we're seeing it now just in the two games he's played in. It's he, he plays pretty well, and then as soon as it gets to those clutch moments, he just makes some sort of fatal mistake. That first game it was a terrible interception on their potential game winning drive. This one he gets sacked, strip sacked by TJ Watt on their potential game-winning drive, so doesn't really have that clutch gene. I think the Saints go in, and they win on Monday night in Seattle. All right. Those are our picks. There's our picks. Let's let's cover a couple questions here we got for the NFL. Let's see. Where are we? Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. So this is an interesting question. Would you like to ask it, or would you like me to ask it? Yeah, I can ask it. You go ahead. All right, so the question here is Derrick Henry going to set the single-season rushing record this season? My answer, so here's the, uh, here, here's the numbers behind this. The NFL rushing record was set in 1984 by Eric Dickerson. Yep. It's kind of crazy. It's been in, uh, in place for almost 40 years. Yep. 2,105 yards in 16 games. He averaged 131.6 rushing yards per game and 8.7 receiving yards per game. And so far this season, Derrick Henry is averaging 130.5 rushing yards per game. So that's 1.1 rushing yards behind Dickerson. And he has 23 receiving yards per game. So That doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter for the rushing record, but I just thought that was important to include in there to show that he's getting more work. Because, I mean, the running backs at least in that well, time, weren't, weren't as much of a pass Assuming catchers. that those numbers hold up throughout the rest of the season. Right. So so basically, I just thought that receiving thing was interesting because, I mean, it shows he's, he's averaging more total yards per game. But right now he's averaging 1.1 less yards per game than Dickerson, and he has a 17-game season. So he has a whole extra game to get that record. So for me, it's not even a question of if he's going to break it. I, he's going to break it. And to me, it's whether he's going to break it in 16 games. Because by game seven, by the end of game 17, he's going to have the record. It's just going to be, for me, whether he breaks in 16. Because he has been so dominant. I mean, you watch this guy play. I, I He's on my fantasy team. He was my first overall pick. He puts up a consistent, like, 35 a game, which is basically unheard of. And he's putting up, like, two to three, two or three touchdowns every game, well over 100 yards every game. I mean, clearly 130 rushing yards per game, but, I mean, he's tossing guys around. He's incredible. I mean, I really think with if he could, if he keeps this up, which I think he will, I mean, he, he's going to be an MVP discussion. I don't know if it's going to be enough to win, but he's going to be an MVP discussion, if, especially if you go and win the rushing record. I think that's good enough to at least get you in a top three MVP conversation. Yeah, I think so too because uh, Adrian Peterson never – He didn't even break it. He broke and he won MVP. But now here's what I'm going to say, Isaiah. I don't think this should count if he does it in 17 games because <laughs> yeah, it's not it's fair. fair. How could you say I'm just going to add another game and then they're going to break the rushing record in the first year that you add an extra game? That's not right. That's not how it's going to work. that's how a lot of records are now. Like, not even, not even just the 17-game uh, thing, but... The NFL was 14 games for the first, like, 15 seasons, and then it, it moved to 16. So even some of those records, I'm sure, you know, I, like, a lot of those single-season records, they had to have the same conversation of, like, 
is this going to count? But it's going to be 17 games now going forward. So it's well, going to get to a well, point then, where it's like you're going to have to start just looking at it as this is the single season record. No. Well, then we have to start new records going forward from the 17 games forward. Because, but in my eyes, Eric Dickerson will have the record for the single season rushing record until someone beats it in 17 in 16 games. Because if and I don't think Derrick Henry will be able to do it in 16 games. I don't think he's gonna get to uh, 2105 in the first six or beat 2105 in the first 16 games. If he were to, then I would say yes, Derrick Henry has beaten the single season rushing record. But if he beats it in 17 games, that's BS. That doesn't count. It's not fair. How much more would, like, then, you know, Eric Dickerson's numbers would have been uh, even more if he had a 17th game. Yeah. Well, okay, two things I, I, I want to say is, one, the reason I included the rushing yards per, or the receiving yards per game thing in there is that, I mean, it's a league now where we're running backs are catching the ball a lot more than they were in the, like the 80s or something. So, so what I'm saying is that he's getting more total. He's going to end up with more total yards. I but think, this is not what we're talking games. about. We're talking oh, about the, the, the season rushing record. I'm just saying the the way the game has changed is that it's, it's to a point now where like if he if Derrick Henry is playing like the 80s, I think he would even easier like he would have an easy, even easier time of beating that record. But he's he's getting more. Uh, time catching the balls too so so like that just takes away from his rushing yards a little bit like if, if we're not in a league so much where there's a lot of running backs catching balls he's probably averaging 140 rushing yards per game at this point so I, I just think that's important to keep in mind that that you know the receiving minded uh like there i guess like the receiving mind of like the nfl coaches these days kind of affects that a little bit but the other thing i have to say is is there also going to be, is there also, should we look at separate records for like records that were set in the 14 game season? Because that was, I mean, that was the NFL. When the was first, the like, 14 game season? It was like the first like 15 seasons of the NFL. So like, basically yeah, like, I mean, basically like if, if he sets it in 17 games this year, it's going to be the single season record. There's no getting around that. But whether but you want, whether you, that's just, it's, that's just what it's going to be. I hate to tell you. That, that's well, gonna then be the what record. we should start doing is. Is have a fourteen game record and a sixteen no, game record and a seventeen game record. No, you you get the average. You take whatever whoever has the most in the fourteen games, you divide it by fourteen, and then you compare so that against Eric Dickerson's number. Yeah, just yards per game then, because that's the only way to do it fairly. If if Derrick Henry beats Eric Dickerson in yards per game this year. Then sure, I could say that you have the season, the single season rushing record, but that's the only way to compare against the errors. So what's the point? But of, if he doesn't have it through sixteen games, well, then he has it through seventeen games. The yards per game thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I don't, you know, this is the problem with having these the records these records in place. If you know, what is the point of a record if? The rules that are in place now, forget the rules, the amount of games being played now. And we're talking about records that are in totality. We're talking about yards being added up against each other, you know, over the course of an entire season. So game to game and adding an additional game is a huge factor. So how could you even have these records? It's it's stupid. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, it's if you're going to change it to a 17 game season, or if you're going to change it from 14 to 16, whenever they did that, which is well before our time, mm -hmm. and you know, 
how could you even compare it? It's it's not fair. The only way to do it is is with the averages. Yeah, I I think it's like I think like the fourteen game season. The main thing I like think of in that is that I think like a mid seventies Dolphins team went fourteen. They're like the first team to go undefeated. They went fourteen and zero, and then they won the Super Bowl. And they they ended up going like seventeen and zero, and then when the Patriots in two thousand seven went undefeated, they were like sixteen and zero, and then like eighteen and zero or whatever. But then they had to play the Super Bowl and they lost. So it was like they had won more games than like the best team ever, Dolphins. But then they saw that loss. So it's just so hard to compare with a different amount of uh, games per season. But at the end of the day, if he breaks the record, it's going to be the single season record, and you're going to have to live with it. Just in case you were curious, yeah. um, the leader for all-purpose yards, oh, well, this is, okay, all-purpose yards is rushing, receiving, kick, punt returns. Uh, so it's really rushing, receiving, and uh, and kick returns is Darren Sproles in 2011, 2,696. Wow. But, um, but he, he was returning. He was returning, too. so I don't. I guess he's a good returner. Yeah, he was a really good returner. So I guess you'd really want to look into um, just rushing and receiving. Right. Yeah. That's. Uh, I mean, that's like the two we're actually looking at because that's. I mean, we don't really want to consider special teams in the in the uh, in these records because it's just different. But yeah. but we could do that for another right. time. All right. Let's move on. All right, Kenny. I like this question. Through six Thank games. You. Through six games so far, who's been the most impactful first-year player on a new team? Well, I think it's clear, Isaiah. I think it is Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford is traded from the Lions to the Rams. Uh, since the Rams have looked really good, they're sitting at 5-1 and one right now. The only team they've lost to is the Cardinals, right? The Rams, yes. Um, Matthew Stafford, right now, if the season were to end, I believe should be the MVP of this league. If he continues playing the way he's been playing, I think that he will be the MVP this year, which would be a remarkable thing for someone to be traded to a new team and all of a sudden someone that wasn't really, you know, he was respected but not considered to be at this level in previous seasons playing with the Lions is now looking like an MVP candidate, which I think is amazing. And uh, I guess this really shows that He's been a good player all along, maybe, and now he's just in the system that's working for him, and I think it really does show how important systems are in the NFL. The Lions, you know, I guess weren't a good enough team to help him come to his full potential that is potentially being realized right now. I mean, he had a good receiver in Calvin Johnson, who was so much fun to watch back in the day. Yeah. Uh, but now, I guess, in this new Sean McVay system, he's really able to have the best year that he's ever had. So, what do you think, Isaiah? Yeah, so, well, so I guess when I first read the question, when you said first-year player, I kind of thought you meant rookie. No, I said... But that's right. But First-year player in a new team yeah, this season. Yeah, I, I guess I read first-year player as just rookie. Oh. So, that's kind of what I was thinking more along the lines of. All right, of, so then but, who's your rookie? But, to answer that question, though, like, just looking through all the... Guys have been traded. I mean, yeah, like I, I can't deny it's Matthew Stafford. I mean, he is having a good season, and I definitely wouldn't say he's the MVP so far. But who is? I think it's probably still Lamar. That's why. That's what my answer was last week, and when uh, beat up on the Chargers. So, 
through six games. I'm not necessarily saying that's kind of how it's going to end, but through six games, yes. Um, and Kyler's definitely up there, too, leading a 6-0 Cardinals team with some good wins. But um, I have Kyler third. Okay. So, to answer your question, Matthew Stafford. I mean, it's just – there's nobody else that's having as good of a season as him. That's the first – it's their first time on a new team. Um, I guess the – but I was thinking, like, impact, most impactful sure. rookie. Go ahead. Um, I don't know if you'll be able to have an answer off the top of your head. It's fine. But yeah, I could what try. I, was, I could do a little something. Let's see. But My you, answer, you go ahead. Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. Okay. He is so exciting to watch. And I think, you know, I'm not just going to go and say, like, the reason the Bengals are 4-2 and two right now is Jamar Chase. But Joe Burrow has one of his favorite targets from college in a in a very in a, a top ten rookie player that's Jamar Chase, and he's proving. I mean, he's putting up at least a touchdown every game. He's had a couple hundred yard games already, and he's only played six games in the NFL so far. I mean, this guy is ridiculous. And and just seeing Joe Burrow, I mean, he's getting settled in, second year on the, in, in the league, but now he's got one of his favorite targets from college. I, I think it's a huge impact that he has someone he's so comfortable throwing the ball to now. And, I mean, he's got a couple other good receivers. He's got Higgins as well. Mixon's a good running back. But so far, out of all the rookies, he's the one that I think has made the most impact just in making his quarterback even more comfortable and just providing a really steady set of hands that is also someone that can outrun a lot of DBs. And, I mean, I guess, like, another like one, like a common answer probably would be, like, Mac Jones. And he's having a good season so far for the Patriots, but they're 2-4. and four, And it's, it's going to take time to really fully get into, you know, his role as the starting quarterback of the Bill Belichick Patriots. He's having a good season, but just on impact to the team, it's Jamar Chase for me on the 4-2 and two Bengals with his guy, Joe Burrow. Kenny, do you have any uh, – no worries if you don't. Yeah, I was just doing a little, a little, uh, little quick research yeah. on the on the spot right here, and uh, yeah, I think Mac Jones is something is definitely someone to talk about. I think we both agree that out of the quarterbacks that were drafted yeah. and are starting, he has been the best so far. Uh, something else to consider: what about Najee Harris? Yeah, Najee Harris is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth. In the league and rushing, he's and, eighth in the league. Wow, I didn't, I didn't know that. That and, is impressive. And one, two, three, four. Seventeenth <laughs> in the league in receiving yards, which is even better. Seventeenth in receiving yards. Yes, wow. sir. That's which is impressive. even better than your guy Jamar Chase. Okay. So I think that's something that's pretty impressive for. A running back. It's very yeah, Jamar Chase is... Oh. Oh, crap. I was just well, looking at... It was it was under receptions. I don't know why okay. that was the first thing that it went to. That makes My sense bad. then, running back. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. Jamar Chase is... Uh, is uh, I was going to say, I feel like he's having a really good season. He's, fourth, he's fourth in receiving yards. Wow. My bad, everybody. Yeah, there you go. I, uh, for some reason, the website oriented itself to tell me how many who was getting the most receptions not who was getting the most receiving yards okay all right well even so Najee Harris doing some impressive stuff he's still like I said what I what he did say initially was correct that he's eighth in the league in rushing as a rookie which is impressive 
But then, now that I'm seeing what I'm seeing about uh, about your guy, Jamar Chase, I think that is definitely someone else's to look at, for sure. Yeah. I think he's making a great impact on that team. 553 uh, receiving yards so far this year. Five touchdowns. Nine catches for 20-plus yards. Five catches for 40-plus yards. And a, a long of 70-yard catch. Yep. Um, he's looking... Very impressive, Isaiah, and I, I do agree with you there, at least off the top of my head, without being able to do any prep for this, for your version of, for your <laughs> interpretation of the question. Um, and I will say, I've had Jamar Chase starting on my fantasy team since week one. I believed in this guy, and he's, he's, paying, he's paying off for me. Um, a couple of honorable mentions, too, I think, on the defensive side. Gregory Rousseau on the Bills, defensive end. He was 30th pick overall. He's having a really good season on a really, really good Bills defense. Um, and then Eric Stokes, the Packers' first uh, first round pick, 29th overall, cornerback. A um, couple of injuries in front of him. Uh, the Packers' two stop or top cornerbacks on the depth chart are currently injured. They have been for a couple weeks. So Eric Stokes has been propelled into that starting role as corner for the Packers, he's playing really well. I mean, he's been shut. I mean, he's really, he hasn't given up very many receptions. I don't have the stats under, uh, with me right now, but just from watching him every week, he's, I mean, he's shown that he's well worth a first round pick. He's been a pretty shut down corner so far. So a couple of good defensive players as well. All right, let's move on. Um, speaking of the Packers. Yeah. I Another still question. own you. I was so, watching. I was watching this Packers game. That was awesome course, on Sunday, and toward the end of the game, it's seventeen to fourteen. Packers have the ball with about four minutes left, and Rodgers takes off. Did you see the? Did you see his touchdown? It was pretty crazy. He. I was uh, watching it. Yeah. He ran off to the right, and he had about five defenders about ten yards away in front of him, and he pump fakes across the field, and they all bite and turn the other way, and then he just keeps running, gets into the end zone. Takes a hit, gets back up around his team, looks at the Bears faithful in the crowd right around him in Chicago and just yells out, I still own you. I've owned you my whole blank life. I own you. I still own you. That was pretty incredible. And it, and it was hard to hear the first time, but I, the last I own you, I was like sitting there. I'm like, did he just say yeah. I I own you. Yeah, and then, and they then the everybody replay. talked about it. <laughs> and yeah, they showed the replay, and I heard. Yeah, I'm like, oh my god, he just yelled, "I own you" to the Chicago crowd. I was, I was just, I loved it as a Packer fan. I mean, I was just laughing so hard. That was, I just to see Rogers just so, showing so much emotion. It was so cool. I haven't heard him talk like that in a long time. So. That was awesome. Kenny, what, what, what was your reaction when that happened? Yeah, wow, Isaiah. As a non-Packers fan, <laughs> I loved it. And as someone who is continuously critical of Aaron Rodgers, but I think I'm fairly critical of Aaron Rodgers. When I was critical of him in the beginning of the season, I think you agree that I was warranted in my criticism. But that was awesome, and you're missing the best part of the whole thing. He discount double checked. Yeah, that yeah, I do not totally remember right. the last time I saw Aaron Rodgers yeah. discount double check and growing up and watching Aaron Rodgers scoring touchdowns and discount double checking. That was like 
the thing. That was the celebration. And then the it, title belt. It went into those those god awful uh, State Farm commercials, but uh, still in them. <laughs> still in them, but uh, I don't know if we discount double checks he anymore. Doesn't. But um, wow, that was awesome to see him step into the end zone, get whacked, and then stand right back and up, just... and like pops up into like a half <laughs> kneel and discount double checks on him. And then he said that he was looking at the crowd and everyone was yelling at him. And that's when he said what he said. He and saw a woman flip him off. Right. I saw. I heard that he said that he gave that a woman gave him the the double bird. <laughs> and now there's like um, former Bear Center saying that he would have like he'd punt, he'd want to punch him in the face, yeah. something like that. Uh, which I love. Yeah. That's football. Yeah. That's football, man. So awesome. That's how it is. If you beat up on a team your entire career, you get to talk smack about it. You know his record? Uh, yeah. It's 22 well, and 5. It's 22 and 5, and I have a nice little stat for you, Isaiah. Go ahead. Um, best winning percentage versus a single opponent since 1950, minimum 25 starts, including the playoffs. And number one, we have Tom Brady, who has a winning percentage of point nine Against the Jets? No. Point nine one four against the Bills. Bills. Okay. Then we have at number two Ben Roethlisberger with a winning percentage of eighty seven percent against the Browns. Cleveland Browns, and sitting in at third is Aaron Rodgers with an eighty one and a half winning percentage against the Bears. So yes, he <laughs> has owned them. He has owned them his entire career, and he wanted to let them know about it yeah. at their home field, and I love it. I dig it. I think it's great. It's great for the sport, especially in a year where where all this crap about the taunting, like right. you can't, you can't, and you can't say a word. And you can't player. taunt. I'm putting in quotation marks, everybody, because their definition of taunting now is completely ridiculous. And I thought he was going to get flagged for yelling at the for yelling at the stands. Um, yeah. But uh, that was awesome. He deserves to uh, to speak to them like that if if he so chooses. And, yeah, now they're saying, oh, this is going to be locker room material for the Bears. Who gives a crap? <laughs> like, what are the Bears going to do about it? He's I can't wait when we play them he's again. He's going to probably own them again. And yeah. and if the Bears use that as material and they do find a way to beat the Packers in their next meeting and bring the, and bring the record to 22-6 and six over Aaron Rodgers' career, all the power to them. You know, like, Players have the right to express their opinions and their feelings and their emotions on the field, and then everyone else gets to do whatever they want with it, and if they decide to use that as juice to go win that next game, then that's great. So, I don't see any problem here. I loved it, and uh, I hope to see similar energy from Aaron Rodgers in his future games. It's it's pretty crazy for me that growing up, I mean, he's lost five times against them, and I think Two or three of them, at least, were like his first couple years starting when we just like he was just still kind of getting acclimated to being a starter in the NFL. It's just crazy. That's the oldest rivalry in the NFL. They played that was like the two hundred third game I think they played, and the fact that every time we have the Bears on the schedule, the Packers every time they have the Bears on the schedule, I just I feel so confident. No matter like how like pumped up the Bears are or anything like. It's just, it's just almost every single time. It's like he just he literally owns them. And it's just crazy to be able to go into all those games against your rival and just just feel so confident every time. Like throughout the past like 10 years or so, like 
the Vikings have been the biggest, like, and, and that's, like, the other Packers' biggest rival. They're, like, the actual rival that's been at least competitive besides, like, a one or two, like, years where the Bears were actually decent. Um, overall, has been the Vikings. But every time we, every time the Packers play the Bears, that's where all, like, the chirping happens and all the, the talk and the fighting. There's always, especially the Bears' defense, when they get up against the, against the uh, Packers' offense, there's always a lot of shoving. The... Bears sacked Aaron Rodgers at one point earlier in the early in the game this past Sunday, and one of the guys I'm surprised he didn't get. I don't think he got flagged for taunting. Uh, he might have actually. He like got up and like was all over Rodgers, like all over his face, and Rodgers kind of like got up as like started shoving back, and then like all the line got involved. So it's just funny that it's always it's never like the Vikings Packers game. It's always the Bears Packers where all the fighting happens. Yeah, he's twenty two and seven or twenty two and five against them. So. They shouldn't. They have no reason to be be mad except at themselves. I think it's particularly meaningful too to see him discount, double check, and show that emotion, <laughs> yeah. being uh, about the context in which we're in right now. A year in which we did not know if he was going to play for the Packers ever again. A year in which we thought he might retire and never play football again. And also now we're we're thinking, is this going to be his last year of football ever? Is he going to come back and play for the Packers ever? Or is he going to go play for another team? So taking all that in and seeing him show that happiness and that emotion and seeing that discount double-check celebration, that that really made me happy of a fan as a fan of the NFL who has watched and enjoyed watching him and his greatness over the course of his career. And I really hope that I get to see him continue to do it either with the Packers or with some other team in the future because he's definitely a gift to the game. Uh, in, in terms of the retirement thing, real quick, you, yeah. you see what he said this week? He said, uh, I didn't. I don't think I don't think that will be the last time I play in Chicago. So Okay. Well, there you go. I don't go. think he's going to retire. Well, and I, and I, I'm, I've just been saying, holding, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, it's the context of, of, yeah. how, of what's been out there. And I've been saying since day one, I think he'll keep playing I as a Packer. I know you have. I know you have. I don't think he'll play for anyone else. I think he'll retire in a couple of years as a Packer, but yet to be seen. You want right. to move on to the Bills and skip over this? Yeah. this uh... And then we'll hit BC real quick at the end. Sure. All right. So, pretty crazy game on Monday night. Yeah. It's two, two really good AFC teams. Titans trying to prove that they are still uh, one of the top AFC teams at home. The Bills are down by three with 10 seconds or like 10, 15 seconds left. And they go for it on fourth and one at the three-yard line. QB sneak, and they fail. Kenny, was that the right decision? I don't think so, Isaiah. I, You know, it seems more and more that teams are willing to go for these fourth downs. I remember watching football in the past. It seemed like uh, once you got the fourth down, if it was like one or two, unless if like you really, really need to get that one yard, you really thought you were confident, you're probably going to punt it away or go for that field goal. Right. But this year, for some reason, I'm seeing a big increase in the amount of uh, fourth downs that are being gone to, at least optically. I don't know if that is actually the case, but I don't know how you feel about it, if you're thinking the same way. But from uh, just like a, from what I've viewed, it seems like it's more prevalent this year, but I don't have the numbers on it, so... I can't say for sure, and I maybe I should have looked this up before the show, but uh, I didn't even think to look it up. But anyways, um, no, I don't think they should have gone for it on fourth down. They were right there. It's the end of the game. 
You had uh, the field goal easy, force it to overtime. You're the better team. So you would think that if you're the better team and you're going into overtime, the better team should win when more time has elapsed. So I really think they made a mistake here. I, I think these teams are getting a little bit too fourth down happy and not really considering the consequences of their actions before they take it. Yeah, it looks really cool if you go for it on fourth down and then you end up getting a touchdown and win the game. But also maybe go for a little bit of the more conservative call, kick the field goal, and have trust in your team to go and finish the game. Because what this is really expressing is a lack of trust in your team to win in overtime. If you really believe in your team and believe in their abilities, which Sean McDermott should, being that coming into this game they were the best-ranked offense and the best-ranked defense in the league and were looking great, you should believe that, okay, guys, no problem. Let's kick the field goal. Let's go to overtime. We're a better team than these guys. We're one of the best teams in the NFL, if not the best team, and let's go get this dub. What do you think, Isaiah? Yeah, no, I, I, I am with you on that. Basically, everything you said, I there has been more fourth down attempts this year, and, like, at the middle of the field, too, which is very strange. People are a lot – it just seems like teams are a lot more risky this year. Um, Bill's going for it on fourth down. The QB sneak was the right move. I mean, it was fourth and, like, one, or, like, it might have even been less than one. So, I mean, if you're going to go for it, QB sneak's the right move. But, no, I'm totally with you. Take the three points. Go to overtime. You are the better team. Yes, you're on the road, so it's tough. You're, you know, you got a hyped-up crowd in prime time. But you you have such a great team. I, like, they were the number one team. And you know what? That's It's funny. I think about it. I didn't even have them in my power rankings i had them dropping out of my top five power rankings because of that loss but i mean they're still one of the best teams in the nfl and like going into that game they were probably the best team in the nfl um at least i think i I, that's where i think i would have had them last week if we did our power rankings last week so trust your team take the the gimme field goal go to overtime and win it there because even if you only score a field goal on that first drive you have one of the best defenses so I don't know. It's I I have to respect the courage to go for in that situation, and and at the end of the day, you're doing a QB sneak, which is pretty high percentage to come to convert. So it you know it's I I I think you err on the cautious side in this situation and take the the give me field goal, but but I think the most important part about this is your trust in the team. He should like. You know what I'm yeah. saying here? The why? What is it? This attitude of by by going for an fourth down, you're sub, you're almost submitting that we can't beat them in overtime, or maybe we're not mm-hmm. good enough to beat them in overtime. Because if you thought that you could win in overtime, shouldn't you be kicking the field goal and then saying no problem, we'll win in overtime? But instead, they're like, no, no, if we're gonna win, we gotta win it now. I mean, and you're on the road, so it's a, it makes a little bit more sense. Just get it over with now rather than force, force I think if you're the Bills, but you have to be confident no. coming off of the yeah. AFC Championship appearance and looking really strong so far out of the gates this year. Uh, Josh Allen pretty much picking up where he left off last year, and I think you, you just have to prolong that game and, and trust that you're going to be able to win in overtime. I, I, I agree because I, I think kicking the field goal was the right decision. Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I still think that would have been better for them. But I, I do respect going for it. I, I really do. I mean, it is fourth and one. It is a high percentage QB sneak play. I still think I would have kicked 
but who knows if, if they convert maybe we're maybe we're just saying oh that was a great idea it's hard to say but, i don't think i would have but okay <laughs> and, and just uh, a quick aside i just did a little quick research yeah. about fourth downs it is the most prevalent this year yeah it seems like uh it. than any other year so far okay quick boston college football before we get the sign off that's right the BC Eagles are playing Louisville today on the road. Four o'clock, one hour from now is kickoff. Uh, tough showing. What one of the best environments, college football environments I've ever been to was last week against NC State. Oh, it wasn't too Fired great. Up. Wasn't too great for me. Why not? Because some guy behind us uh, puked on my uh, my boy. Ah, uh, that's it was that's messed terrible. up. I'm so I'm so sorry. It was such a great. Uh, that's that's terrible that that happened. I'm Ruined sorry. the environment. I'm sorry. But the tailgating before it, and then a little bit of rain, so many people there. There was actually someone that, um, some like college football guy, like tweets out the best and worst student sections of college football each week, and he's and he ranked BC number one, which I I think was a little high. I don't know how we were in the number one student section last it year, last week. To me, it, it does. But this guy, I mean, he does it every week and gets a lot of uh, he has a lot of followers. So I don't know, but he had us number one. It was electric, and then they lost thirty four to. What was it seven thirty four seven? I think I like I, I left like midway through the third quarter. It was atrocious. It was bad. So, playing Louisville today at four o'clock on the road. They're I think they're minus five and a half point favorites. Kenny, what do you think is gonna happen? Or minus five? They're Louisville they're minus, minus five and a half. But sorry, Boston College is an underdog yep. on the road today, and unfortunately, I'm going to have to agree with Vegas and say that Louisville is going to win this game. Uh. BC just doesn't really have the momentum right now. I was at the Clemson game. They looked really strong with the Clemson game. Uh, and that was a really tough loss. And I kind of was hoping that they would come off of that game with like some kind of uh, sense of confidence. And yeah. uh, being that they did play up against a, a Clemson team that was ranked in the preseason as the second best team in the country. And they went on the road and were yards away from winning that game mm -hmm. uh if it weren't for some uh mishaps at the end of the game due to the crowd noise but uh then they came in last week and for this home game and everyone was all hyped up there and ready to uh to support them and they just did not show up unfortunately and uh it's really too bad but um i uh do not think they're gonna be able to get it done today isaiah yeah, maybe maybe having that bye week in between the Clemson and NC State game kind of ruined that like momentum of almost winning the game, the game and kind of quieted them down a little bit. I don't know, but Louisville they put up a ton of yards per game on offense, but they also give up a lot of t yards. So I think it's gonna be a high scoring game. I just don't think that the the uh, BC offense, especially after what I saw last week, is gonna be able to keep up with them. Um, you know, it's just hard to say because if you have Phil Dracovic out there, it's might be different. We would have won the Clemson game yeah. for sure. That's what I think as well. So it's it's tough. I just I don't think the offense is going to be able to keep up. But they can. Let me just say. Let me they just say well though something about Grissel. Okay. I have to because everyone's kind of you know uh, being hard on him and everything. And yeah, I do think if Phil was playing, we would have won the Clemson game, and maybe we would have won last week as well. But I will say to go into Death Valley yeah. as a backup quarterback. And come within a uh, a drive at the end of the game to potentially win the game, and you lose that way. I think it's very impressive for a backup quarterback, and I think that people should give him a little bit more respect that he deserves. 
based on that. Yeah. But we have to sign off now. Hopefully the Eagles can pull it out. Anyway, thank you guys so much. You're listening to WZBC 90.3 FM Newton. This has been The Extra Point. I'm Isaiah Mueller. I'm Kenny Tomkovich. Have a good afternoon, everybody. Thank you, guys. Listen to us at 7 o'clock on Thursday nights. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, guys.